Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. Once an educator, always an educator. That certainly applies to Dina Grushkin, my guest today. A special ed teacher, Dina taught language arts in a mainstream classroom at Thomas Jefferson Middle School in Teaneck, New Jersey. She retired this past June after 35 years. She also happens to be an accomplished photographer. But a 2004 trip to Nigeria turned out to be a seminal moment in Dina's life. In her words, it opened her eyes to the reality of children living and studying under the most challenging circumstances. That visit prompted Dina to create the Nigerian School Project, a nonprofit educational organization that supports teachers and students. At first, Dina bought textbooks, built classroom furniture, shipped more than 10,000 library books with the help from the U.S. Navy, and provided university scholarships. In 2009, NSP built the first junior secondary school on Tomorrow Island, a river community of 450,000 people. A senior secondary school was built in 2014, a residence for teachers a year later. This past June marked the first graduation class. All 20 students were awarded four-year scholarships to any of Nigeria's universities. So let's meet and get to know this indomitable force of nature. Dina, welcome, and thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Sandy. So let's go back in time. You're teaching, and you're also doing photography on the side. But what happened to you in 2004 that prompted you to go to Nigeria? I've always loved photography. I grew up in an artistic family, and uh, I watched my father and my brother uh, have endless dinner conversations over pictures. And I was always sort of the outsider. And then I had this incredible opportunity to pick up a camera, and it just sort of just took off from there. So in 2004, uh, when I was sitting on the board of a re uh, residence for pregnant girls in Teaneck, the pastor who does missionary work was going to Nigeria. So selfishly, which really, it felt kind of selfishly, I said to him, you know, I'd love to go. I've always wanted to take pictures, uh, travel to Africa in particular. So this was your first foray? This was my first, To yes. Africa. Yeah, exactly. And I figured, well, heck, I'm going. Uh, let me see if I can raise some money and visit some schools while I'm there. So, while so th well, this was a summer trip, obviously. Th actually not. It was oh. not a summer trip. And this is the incredible part of the story. I actually asked the Teaneck Board of Ed if I could leave <laughs> for about a week and a half, and they granted me permission to leave. So this is during the school this year? This was during the school year, exactly. Right. So was, wow. Yeah, it was uh -huh. pretty incredible. Uh, so they let me go, and I knew that I didn't want to go empty-handed. So I did some fundraising. I asked family and friends for donations, figuring that I was going to do these school visits, and I wanted to show up with something. Were you doing the school visits in conjunction with the pastor? Actually not. He was off doing his missionary thing. Okay. And then I sort of like went off and did my educational thing. But what prompted you to do that? I mean, I, I understand you're a teacher, <laughs> but I mean, as opposed to just saying, I'm going to travel around Nigeria. I mean, where did that focus come from? You know, from? It's, a, it's, an, it's a question I don't really know if I have an answer for, other than it was just like this because. something inside <laughs> of me that said, you know, um, just go check out the schools, you know, and see whether, you know, you can do be of help. I mean, it's just was this little like voice in my head. Mm -hmm. that was just like, go and do something. But I knew that I didn't want to go empty handed, you know, just mm -hmm. like show up. So and um, it's not that far fetched for heaven's sake. You were a teacher for so many years. I mean, and I, I was interested, that. you know, mm -hmm. and quite honestly, you know, I had this idea in my head. I'm a special ed teacher. Like maybe I can provide, give them some insight into like how I do my thing in Teaneck and maybe it would be of some help to them. Hmm. So I had this whole special ed like thing, you know, 
know, in my head about, you know, delivering, you know. So I'd Dina like, does what mm-hmm. Dina wants to do in a sense, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I, that's not said pejoratively. Yeah. I mean that you went... With, as opposed to just thinking, I'm going to be a tourist. No, absolutely not. No, I, I, I had a mission, you know, in my head. That's the and word. I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I just, you know, I don't know whether I had this, you know, foresight. I, I, I didn't know it then, mm-hmm. you know. But I often, you know, I spent a lot of time reflecting on those e- early years and like, where did that come from? You know, because people often ask me like, how did you make that happen? And I just sort of like go, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. It just sort of happened. I mean, mm-hmm. I have some. I have a, you know, that spiritual side of me, I have an answer for that. Um, the spiritual side has an answer for that. You know, it was really quite a remarkable experience, those early years. And I walked, I remember the first school that I walked into. But let me just ask yes, you something. Sir. You went with the pastor. Did you I go went, take together? We traveled the two together, of you. yes. We traveled together. And so you went where he was going. No, he went <laughs> off and did his, like, church, you know, Christian thing. Yeah. And, um... I'm not a Christian, and I wasn't interested in 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 that in that aspect of the trip, of right. his trip. Right. But I did ask him. I said, "Could you, uh, you know, help me gain access into the schools?" So that's basically how it happened. Mm-hmm. So I asked for permission. I said, "Could you just hook me up with somebody who can show me around and show me some of the schools?" And that's how it went down. So he so, went. But for all intents thing. and purposes, you went there blind. Yes, mm, I went okay. there blind. That's exactly what I did. That is kind of a big deal. It is a big deal because Nigeria is not the kind of place you just step into. You know, I needed access. I needed someone on the ground who could take me to the places that I wanted to go. You land in Lagos. And then what happened? I mean, how did you get around? What did you know you were doing? Where did you go? Well, the pastor hooked me up with someone he knew on ground who Mm -hmm. had access into the public schools. This guy found me sort of a a woman, her name was Ronke, who worked in this organization that helped kids. Mm-hmm. And he connected me with her and she chose a high school for me to go to. And we went to this high school together. We just rolled into this compound, got out of the car and just walked up this flight of stairs into this cacophony of sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like the most intense experience. Just Is this it, still in the capital or is this outside? Lagos is not the capital of Nigeria. It used to be. Uh, they moved the capital to Abuja. But Lagos is the commercial capital of Nigeria. And so that's it, basically where you spent most of yes, your time? Yes, there are 20 million people living in this city. Yeah, the I size would, yeah. of New York. Isn't that crazy? With yeah. twice the population. Holy like the hustle, More than twice. The hustle and bustle of this city will blow your mind. I bet. The energy, the vibration when you're And the intensity, in, and too. And the intensity. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it's invigorating. It really is. It's, it's, As opposed to overwhelming? Uh, for me, it was invigorating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is. I mean, it is overwhelming. You know, there's so many things that you have to get used to when you're there. You mm-hmm. know, number one, the traffic. You yeah. know, it's just intense. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, the, the high school that I walked into, the Areti High School, was remarkable. Remarkable. And the kids that I met and the teachers that I met were so excited to see me. And I Did think they have advance notice you were coming? I'm not really sure. You know, I, I don't know. I don't really know the answer to that question. Probably so. But they were they were surprised nonetheless to see this person walk into their school. I asked to meet with the teachers and we all met in this circle. And I have some beautiful photographs of that. And I said to them, create a wish list for me. Like if someone came in here like I'm doing. Like a fairy godmother. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. And said, you know, what do you need for your classroom? Give me a list. And they just looked at me like dumbfounded, like, really? Yeah, really. So they created this list for me. And I got up and I left and I w- walked out and I bought everything. And I brought it back to them the next day. 
So you went into the city and you just made and exactly, you, and that's what you did with your five thousand dollars. Exactly what mm-hmm. I did with my a piece of my five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So I went and I bought. I went into the bookstore and I bought books, textbooks, mm-hmm. and pencils. And Is this composition a private of school? Books. No, this is a public high school. And I specifically said, I want to go into a public school. I'm a public school teacher. I believe in public education. Mm -hmm. And that's where I wanted to put my time and resources. And despite the fact that this was a public school, it got not very much in the way of public funds. Uh, That's another story. Yes. Yes. A pretty deficient system, system, Mm -hmm. sadly. You know, overcrowded and underfunded. So, you know, when I walked in into a classroom that, that here back home would educate, you know, 25 kids comfortably, we have twice, sometimes three times the number of students in a classroom. So it was pretty intense. Mm. And uh, these teachers had very little resources, very few resources to work with. So they gave me this list. I went out and I bought it and I came back. And I will never forget that experience simply because they could not believe that I came back. Yes. And right. they said that to me. They said, first of all, we can't believe you showed up. Yeah, number one. Secondly, we cannot believe that you came back and that you brought back what you said you were going to do for us. Mm-hmm. And that has always stuck with me. And for those people who know me, they're probably not surprised. I'm, you know, that's one thing that I'm confident in saying about myself. If I say I'm going to do something... Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. It sounds corny and even sounds corny me saying it, but um, that's who I am. So did you spend most of that week with those students at that school? I spent some time of the week. I I actually had the opportunity to visit a bunch of different schools. Within the city? Within Lagos. Uh And then I took a trip east and actually north and then east. So I went up into a more rural area. By yourself? In Ibadan. No, I had a, dr- a driver and this woman, Bronke. And then I went into the forest. Um, I'm going to use the terms. I'm going to stick with the word forest. Okay. Before, but you, so right. I don't get politically incorrect here. But um, uh, You don't want to say jungle? It isn't a jungle, but I've used other words before that I, I've been called on. So um, I'm going to stick with forest. All right. But it was a rural area. It was a very rural area. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, those were incredible experiences as well. But the contrast must have been shocking in the sense that here you are in the commercial capital of the city in spite of you know the 20 million people, mm. and you see what you see. And then you go into this incredibly rural area. And in a way, there's no difference in terms of the lack of resources. No difference. Yeah. No difference. Overcrowded classrooms. Uh, The infrastructure was crumbling. Kids are sitting on broken desks and chairs. They're barefooted. The uh, floor is crumb, you know, is is ripped up cement. Mm. There are no windows. And these kids don't have books, and they don't have pencils to write with. And does everybody speak English? In Lagos, yes. So there was not a communication issue? No, mm-hmm. not in Lagos. But in the rural areas that I visited, yes. Mm-hmm. And I had a translator. And so this week and a half goes by, and you go home, and then what happens to you? Because you obviously can't shake this trip. I can't. You know, uh, the pastor that I was with said to me, uh, because he had actually accompanied me on our trip north and east mm-hmm. to these rural areas. And he said to me, he goes, Dina, he goes, you're, you're meant for this. And I'll, and, and, and it was a just, natural act. And you. that just stuck with me. You know, mm-hmm. I just was really, it was such a compliment. You know, I just felt like, and it felt right. You know, mm-hmm. when he said that to me, I was like, yeah, you know, this feels 
so good. Well, it was a validation you know? whether you needed it or not because it, it, was, it felt yes. right to you and then it and it was obvious to somebody else. Exactly, you know, and to hear him say that. And that just was very empowering. So I got back on the plane and, of course, you know, um, and it remains to this day, you know, this this country sits, sits with you. <laughs> it just gets into your bones. Can't and shake it, it off. It, it's just, it's incredible. Um, and I just couldn't shake it. And I didn't want to shake it. I mean, it, you know, I was so enjoying the feeling of, of the work. Do you think that the stars were aligned in a sense that this pastor was going to Nigeria as opposed to... Someplace in Southeast Asia or somewhere in South America. Yeah, well, he does actually do missionary work there. Huh. So uh, this was just the next stop on his route. So you you happen to be on yeah, the I mean, on, people, on the Nigeria exactly, itinerary. Exactly. So to speak. I mean, so it could, could have been, been somewhere. Else. It could have been somewhere else. And people often ask me why Nigeria, and I say, well, because I I believe that sort of Nigeria chose me. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't sort of choose it. It just sort of was there. It, 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 it presented itself, and I jumped on it. Um, How long had you been on the board? I don't mean to keep belaboring no the point, but so it's 2004. You'd been on this board for a while? With... Uh, for a, uh, about a year. Oh, all right. About so a year. Th- so it's not like you've known that he was just going to all these places. Did he do something every year? Did He go He somewhere? traveled a lot. Uh-huh. He traveled a lot. And, you know, I was just like, oh, I got this camera, and I just want to, I just want to travel. You know, it's just, it's always something that I And have you done that on your own before this? You, you, you Humanitarian were, work? No, a traveler. You, oh, yeah. Absolutely. So And you do this all, you know, so it's, oh, you're, yeah. you're totally nonplussed by the fact that you might not have a place to stay or that you're going to a country where you might not be able to understand the language. Oh, it's, that gets me revved up. Okay, that yeah, turns you I on. totally, yeah, uh, being outside of my comfort zone is my thing. Well. Oh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Okay. Yeah, I love it. I just, I love the way well, it feels. Well, it's worked for you. I love the way it feels, and uh, yeah, it's it, it works for me. Yeah, no so, question. So you're back, and you mm-hmm. can't shake this experience. Right, exactly. So, you know, the story gets a little funky and weird because I decided I was going to create this organization, and I had to come up with a name quickly. So I was like, uh, um, uh, the Nigerian School Project. And I started work, working under the auspices of this church. That he was affiliated with exactly, the pastor? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, I was putting in a lot of time. And I was feeling that um, people were starting to control the things that I was putting out there. You know, uh, letters and making decisions uh, about some of the images I was using. So you and felt a little marginalized? A little bit. You know, I, I was just... And then, you know, the monies I was raising was coming through the church. And I was just feeling like, you know what? I want this to be 100% mine. You know, this is mine. Mm-hmm. This is, and I want to make the decisions. And I want, you know, I want all the control in this. But this was the challenge. How do I do this? Yeah. I kind of sort of need this guy. You know, because Nigeria is Nigeria and it's not an easy place and you got to sort of know people in order to get things done. What about going through some kind of a government agency or the State Department? No, I hadn't even thought about it. But this was what was going on in my head. He was going back the next year. In the next year as in 2005? Yes, the following year. And I said to him, can I go with you again? And in my head, I'm saying to myself... I'm going to make this happen on ground for myself. So I'm going to speak to people sort of on the DL yeah, and find out from them, can I work with them? Will you work with me? Why? So then if you wanted to go back the following year, why'd you need him? 
it's not a country, an easy country at that time to get into. Okay. So, you know, I just needed, you know, and I was, there was a level of like, is, is this the right thing for me? Should I be doing this? Like I really needed sort of like to go back a second time with the security of having him and his people. And then while I'm there, find out whether I can bring some people on board with me who will help me create With this, this not Nigerian myself. school project. Exactly. So you go back again uh, during the school year, I right? went back, no, during the summer. I didn't even dare to ask the Board of Ed for, <laughs> for another week But was he week going off. back in the summer? He then? was going back, yes. In the summer? Yes. All right, so that worked. Right, so I went back with him and... He went off and did his thing, and then I just started making it work mm-hmm. and talking to people and asking them, you know, if I, if I come back here on my own, will you help me? And I can't tell you the support that I got. And, and that's how it happened. So I came back to the States, and I— With a still not necessarily concrete idea of what you were going to really. do. No, not a concrete idea at all. All I had in my head was, boy, this feels good. Okay. And, I, and I'm doing the right thing here. You know, I'm helping and trying to make a difference. And I think it's working. So you come back. And then so what I did come you do? back and I and I uh, I just break my ties with the church and the Nigerian school project name sticks. Mm-hmm. I never change it. And um, and we just keep moving forward. Who's we? Me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're moving forward yeah. as in. Raising money. Exactly. And how are you raising exactly. money? Exactly. So I'm doing what we call penny-pinching fundraising. And I, I, I think I've coined that term. But basically sort of like just asking people. Like so it's I not was necessarily doing a GoFundMe page. Or no, what? no. It was like letters. You know, this was pre, we're talking yeah, pre, yeah. you know, social media. Yep. And like we're still talking like the typewriter. You know. So you're tapping friends and Friends colleagues. and family. Okay. Friends and families and colleagues and just people I'm meeting along the way. I live in Teaneck, and Teaneck is this remarkable community of just incredibly talented visual and performing artists. Uh, It's just this enclave of just talent times a million. And um, I have many friends who were performers, and we did lots of events, you know, where people would come and and pay, and and the money would go to the project. Did you have a goal in mind, a monetary goal in mind? No. So you didn't know what you needed to raise? No. And did you know what you wanted to do with the money initially? Absolutely. I mean, I had picked out schools from the from my first trip right. that like the Ereti school that I started in and mm-hmm. the schools in the north and the schools in the east is that I knew that um, I wanted to continue, continue to support. This is what I had in my head. I knew, and this continues to be my driving um, force here, that I needed to create something sustainable. I did not want to be the person who came on ground and just dropped money here, here, and kept it moving. That just made no sense to me. Like, I wanted to make sure that what my money was doing, the money that I was working so hard to raise... Have staying power. Have staying power and was creating... Igniting fires in the people in in which I was serving. And that was so important to me. So I continued for many, many years to stick with these schools. And every year I came back, I would go back to those schools and continue to fund the things that I was like getting the library fund. books exactly. and helping with the furniture. Exactly. And what, from 2004 till when? I mean, you went back every year from 2004 yes. till when? Uh, I was in Nigeria three weeks ago. It was a yearly pilgrimage for yes, you. Yes, it was. And so you give them objects. Yes. And then what made you realize or decide that you better construct something? <sighs> well. I just stumbled over it. That seems to happen to you a lot. I know. (laughs) 
Uh, well, yeah, things just fall in my path. Okay. Perhaps. Um, I was visiting a Riveron community on the outskirts of Lagos. This Tomorrow Island? Tomorrow Island, mm-hmm. right. Uh, I was visiting a project that a United States friend of mine had sent me to go see. He said, check this out. I know somebody who's building a health clinic, and I want you to just go get me some pictures. I want to see what this place looks like. So I said, sure. So I got on this rickety-rackety boat, and I went out to this island. Now, Tomorrow Island is the distance between, it's like sort of the distance between New York and New Jersey, the Hudson River. So if you're standing on Tomorrow Island, you can see Lagos. So it's like a 20-minute, 15, 20-minute ride. And I get over there, and nothing is happening. There's no health clinic. You know, all I see is just profound poverty. And it blows my mind. This place is Was that incredible. such a different experience than back very, in 2004 when you went yes, east and you know, into the Very that ro- different. Okay, because worse? Because the terrain, totally. Uh-huh. The terrain was something like I had never seen so before. So challenging. Blew my mind. And apparently, while I was out there, somebody heard I was coming. And... um they came to find me. And this was the Bali. The Bali is the king's uh, brother. Okay. So he brings me out to this piece of land and he extends his arms to me. And now he does not speak English, but he, there is a translator there and he extends his arms to me and he asks me, he says, could you please help me build a school? Now it sounds very dramatic. I know. Right. (laughs) <laughs> well, it almost sounds contrived. No, it does. It you know, I mean, I'm like not being it, right? dismissive no, no, about no. that. Then I'm watching some kind of, you know, uh, TV special, no, you know, where all this stuff falls into place. And I laugh when I tell this story, mm-hmm. you know, because um, it just sounds so dramatic, you know. And, and I, I know people are thinking like, yeah, right, Dina, like this guy, like, extends his arms, right? And but he doesn't know you from a freaking hole in the no, wall. No, but and I... Your reputation, quote, did not precede you. Well, you know, I have this feeling like, you know, that he's like figuring, you know, someone from the U.S. is coming and I'm going to just... Capitalize on it. Yeah, but, you know, I have a lot of feelings about that stuff. I, I'm like right on. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. Like, go for it. You know, I mean, if you see an opportunity and you can, it, whether you want it for yourself or you want it for the people you love, like, you should take it. And I, I respect him for that. I mean, and I, and I've devoted this work to him mm-hmm. and that and that request. Yes, you know. And what I wanted to say about that that scene is that when I tell people about it, I, I have actually have a magnificent photograph of him doing that. Right, exactly. So it really you can back did, it up. I can back up that story. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh-huh. And um, I was so blown away by that. You know, I thought, you know, here I am, like this little school teacher from New Jersey, you know, and you're asking me to build you a school? Like, wow, like you must, like, you must think more of me than I think of myself. Well, maybe. He he loses nothing by asking. Exactly. He loses nothing by asking. Like, but, you know, that's how stuff happens, you know? I mean, all the time, right? And what year is this? We're talking 2007. So you have this experience of being on Tomorrow Island, yes. and then you go home, and now you are more of a woman on a mission. Yeah, well, and now I'm like, oh, crap. I, I told him yes. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I got to do this. So um, I was really excited. You know, I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do this. So how know. did you pull it off? Well, the gentleman who sent me out there to begin with um, was very well connected um, and connected with someone who, who made this happen. Basically, in Nigeria. Well, no, he's a he's a guy who lives in Connecticut. Oh, oh, yeah. So, okay. like, he connected me with this guy and said, maybe this guy can help you. 
And um, I shared my story with him. And I shared my images with him. And um, it's pretty hard. You know, you see these beautiful kids and uh, and this story of great need, you know. And it's like not everyone's going to jump on it. And, you know, I have a lot of very strong feelings about this benefactor, about his trust and his faith in me mm. and his belief that even in the most challenging places of the world, things can move forward. So for all intents and purposes, he bankrolled you for this project. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that meaning that you didn't have to add the the labor of fundraising. No. I am a blessed uh, a woman. I am, you know, I I am, yes. So through him, you guys determined that you're going to, and you built this school. I said to him, I want to build a school. And um, I laid it all out for him. And uh, this is, you know, all the cost. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he said yes. So in 2009, your first school was built. Exactly. And then you just sort of kept going back to see, you know, get it to get it off the ground and to staff it and to, to have... Was this one of the first schools on the island? This community did not have a middle and a secondary school. This community of 450,000 yes, people. Yes, they had a sprinkling of primary schools. And then that was the end of that. That was it. See, the situation there is that these people are fishermen primarily. It's expensive to send your kids in a boat across the water to Lagos. And not only is it expensive, it's dangerous. These waters are rough and they're polluted and accidents happen all the time. So uh, these kids lost the opportunity as soon as they finished primary school. And, you know, I hear this story and, you know, my heart just goes, you know, what? For me, that's like, that's not okay. Yeah. And that's sort of basically how it went down. So the school is built on Tomorrow Island by the people of Tomorrow Island. No, well, the school was built, this was the challenging part of the project and largely why it was expensive initially, because everything that was used in the construction had to be moved to the island. Uh, this is a sandy terrain. So there were all kinds of construction challenges, right, right? in terms of building the foundation and digging wells and, and toilets, uh, the first toilets ever on this island, right? So it was tremendously challenging. And um, I have to tell you that I did go through a couple of coordinators, mm-hmm. on-ground coordinators. Um, and I find it, finally ended up with, you know, like an angel. Yeah. Well, I couldn't yeah. imagine that it would, no pun intended, be smooth sailing. It was yeah. not. Uh-huh. It was not. And, um, you know, I have, uh, things were stolen, tools were, and supplies were stolen, monies <laughs> along the way, uh, stops and starts and stops and starts. And um, I just kept I just kept moving forward. And you went back every single year. Every to, and, single and how long year. did it take to actually construct this building? Well, this, the construction was relatively fast. Uh-huh. So, you know, we're absolutely less than six months oh. to construct a six-classroom school, you know. Once we finished with that, I just knew that we weren't done. I mean, well, you we, had to staff it and you had well, to... Well, we ha- you know, what, what happened was that, as I expressed to you earlier, I'm a public educator and uh, I did not want to build a public, a private school. Uh, first of all, I have very strong opinions about um, who should be uh, responsible for raising kids besides mom and dad or whoever takes care of them so beautifully. But um, I, I believe it's a government's responsibility to educate their children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I believe in education and uh, this is not a private school. This is a public school. So um, I'm going to, sure, I'll help you with the infrastructure, but I'm turning it over to you. So once the school was built, we had a turning over ceremony. It was challenging because it took two years for the government to 
pay for teachers. Uh-huh. But the remarkable part of this story, and this is why this school is a miracle in so many ways, is that the community understood the value of what was happening. Mm-hmm. And even though largely illiterate community understood the value of education, understood the potency of what was going exactly on. Yeah. That, and this, that in yeah. order for their their lives to change and the lives of their children and future generations, education was paramount. So they formed a parent association and they hired teachers. Wow. And those teachers were running the school for two years until the public, until the government got involved. Now, mind you, all this time, I have a relationship now building with the ministry. And I'm asking and I'm asking. Um, and they're sending me letters of appreciation. But no action. But, yeah. <laughs> but no action. Yeah. And finally, there's action. Right. So now we have staff on board. And of course, the Nigerian School Project is still doing its yearly maintenance, you know, building and fixing and painting and all the things that need to be uh, done in order to maintain this school. Well, then you also built a second school. Well, we knew we had to. Yeah, sure. Because, you know, what's what's the, uh, you know, what's the point of a primary education or even a middle school education if you don't have kids f- complete the circle? The right, circle. right. So we put a, a secondary school there. And then what happened with the secondary school is that we realized, wow, this is really happening. Uh-huh. You know, we're having tremendous success here we got to make sure that teachers are showing up. And because it's such a challenging area, you know, uh, these teachers coming from the mainland every single day. Yeah, what a schlep. You know, I mean, yeah. and, and I was like, oh, no, this is not working. We need continuity of instruction in order to really sink our roots in here. Yes. So we built a teacher's residence. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now we have teachers living there wow. on site. Gosh. Right? Um, and then, of course, we completed this school compound with a wall. A security wall. So, you know, we're keeping out the goats and all the, ri- and all, and all the riffraff. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Right. You know, the story is not did not end with that. The students have done so remarkably well um, that they have s- superseded all expectations. Uh, they have, for the last three years, they have scored in the top three out of 3,000 schools in Lagos State on their academic, you know, on their standardized mm, t- testing. Test, yes. Yeah. So, um Everyone is just like, can't believe it. And the government can't believe it. And um, the first year it happened, they were rewarded with electricity. Oh. They got solar power. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. And then after solar power came computers, you know. And I tell you, Sandy, if you had said to me or asked me years ago, you know, like, I have all these computers, you know, can I send them with you? I would laugh. I would say, it, it's never going to happen. Of course. You know? Sure. Like, that's uh. just silly and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Stop. And now, like, the kids, kids are using computers, you know, it's incredible. It must be such an overwhelming feeling for you to travel back in time and then bring yourself to today and and see that, you know, that there was the graduation, which must have been incredibly moving, mm-hmm. and that what you gave birth to, I don't want to put words in your mouth. It's life-changing. You know, I mean, I for me, where do I see myself in this picture? I'm the catalyst. For yes, you know for sure. Yes, for yes. This. But, you know, for me, it's, you know, I'm, I'm living 4,000 miles away. You know, it, it's so the success of this school is way bigger than I am. I mean, it's... It, yeah, I, you but you know, planted the seed. You should, yeah, okay, and, I'll, and I'll take it. You yeah. Know, thank you. Um, I did plant the seed, but these kids and these staff and, and uh, the administration, like, they all just, like... They're in love with this place. Uh, my last visit, this when I got back three weeks ago and I was meeting with the staff, I'll never forget some of the conversations we had, but many of these teachers did not want to come 
and now they're there and they don't want to leave. leave. Yeah, They love it and they love the security. They love living there. They love having all of this incredible time with the kids on time, off time, in and out of the classroom. And as one teacher expressed to me, this is his family. Mm. And, you know, when I hear that, it rings so true to me because that for teaching, for me, my colleagues at work, that was my family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to feel that, it's like no, there's nothing that feels better than to work with people that you love. That's delivering fabulous. what. You yes, love. yes, and what you're doing. Exactly. We've run out of time, but I just wanted to ask you what kind of plans you have in the future. What well, I do want to just you know let you know that the remarkable part of this story is not over and at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're just beginning. I have just graduated 23 students from um, the Tomorrow Senior Secondary School. They've all been awarded four-year scholarships, right. which is really incredible. Mm-hmm. And um, I just received pictures yesterday of Israel and Jeremiah registering at the University of Lagos. I mean, Terrific. It was just like, uh-huh. oh, man, yeah. I was so excited to see that. Also, the foundation I, I've set up in Nigeria called the Dream Foundation is, is a piece of the Nigerian School Project, and it is being run by my graduates. I have three graduates. Great. Um, Ojosuru Derud, Ruth O'Day, and Rachel O'Day. And they, uh, I met them actually from the first high school that I talked to you about that mm-hmm. I visited when mm-hmm. I my first trip to Nigeria. And these are kids, kids, these are adults who are, you know, out in the world now working. And um, they are running this foundation for me. Isn't that great? Yeah. So, you know, it's really come full circle. Where are we at right now? We're working on this foundation and making sure that our graduates, we don't lose them, and we follow them and make sure that they're getting the support they need. Well, Dina, like I said, Mm -hmm. you're forced to be reckoned with, and uh, it must be just such a wonderful feeling to see the fruits of your labor. It is. It is. Um, Lastly, all of this is being documented in in a film. Yeah. yeah I, I just wanted to quickly mention that um, I started filming with a crew two years ago. We just finished with the culmination of this graduation. Uh-huh. Uh, sort of we're telling this story about this remarkable community and uh, that is finally, you know, rising to the attention of the Nigerian government. And on the last day that I was there, the Nigerian government, I uh, was told, has agreed to build a school there. Wonderful. So, you know, the project has done exactly what it's set out to do, which is to create an awareness. So when do you think the film might be completed and released? Well, we've got about 100 hours of footage. Uh-huh. And uh, so we're now we're working on putting that all together. So we're figuring probably a year's time. So you'll come back. Thank you. That would be great. <laughs> and we'll I'd talk about the film. That. Excellent. Awesome. Dina, thanks so much for sharing your story. It's really amazing and fascinating. Thanks, Sandy. You really are a hell of a woman. Thank you. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. <laughs>